Good morning again. We have a fair group here this morning. That's a good thing. God is good. And friend, wherever you are this morning and whatever's happening in your life, remember this, God loves you and uh, he has a plan for you. He is good and he wants you to follow him. He wants you to go his way, his direction. As a matter of fact, you're not here this morning by accident or, or joining, joining us on Facebook or uh, via the church website. By accident, God is drawing you, and He is drawing you to Him. I believe that with all my heart. His plan is, uh, He has a plan for you. He has a plan for you today. And uh, His desire is to have a close relationship with you. James 4.8 says this, and remember James is the oldest book of the New Testament. It says this, draw nigh or draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's a promise and God can keep that promise. Now, in May of 1991, May is always a special time for me. Uh, it's a memorable time. My wife was pregnant with our fifth child. And uh, there were still a few weeks left until the projected delivery date. Then she began to experience difficulty. And uh, it was during the latter portion of, of the pregnancy. And the difficulty became intense. And then on one particular day, I had to rush her to the hospital. We were living in Shawnee. And the events of, of that day are branded in my mind uh, they're branded in my brain and so uh, the amount of blood loss that day uh, that I saw my as I saw her laying there uh, the, the amount of blood it was inco incomprehensible uh, a 32 year old man that's how old I was at that time uh, watching all this unfold I was watching my wife slip away right before my eyes and to make things even more complicated I could see the look on the doctor's faces uh, there was trouble and so they wanted to metaflight her to Oklahoma City to Presbyterian Hospital and they wanted to do it then and they were scurrying around and and that had me a little a little concerned but they couldn't, uh, they couldn't get the helicopter to fly because that day was heavily overcast. And so they went to plan B. And plan B was to take a speedy ambulance all the way to Presbyterian. That's something like uh, 25 or 30 minutes. And so I'll never forget that day. Uh, I, it's like I had no control of what was happening. It, the, the events were just unfolding, and I could not do anything to stop them. Have you ever been there? You've seen that happen, where things are just, they're just rolling, and you cannot stop them. And that's how I felt that day. And uh, I just had to draw close to God. That's what he wanted for me, and that's what he wants for you. I just had to draw close to him and trust him because he had it under control. That didn't catch him by surprise. And I needed to remember that. 
Our son, uh, we named him Lincoln. I think I've told some of you. I'm out of Abraham Lincoln's lineage from somewhere back in there. And so we, we named him Lincoln. And uh, Lincoln could not weather those events. He just couldn't do it. And so today, as we said here, Lincoln is in heaven. And I praise God for that. And my wife pulled through. I thank him for that. Oh, I praise him for that. So when we've, we face one of those storms, one of those situations that knock your legs out from under you, it's tempting to say something you shouldn't. It's tempting to do something you shouldn't. But God wants us to just trust Him. He wants us to turn to Him and to draw close to Him. Now, if you would... Uh, let, let's, let's look at 1 Peter. Let's turn there. We're going to look at 1 Peter. We'll begin with verse 24 of chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 24. Let's all stand together and let's read in honor of God's great truth. This is the end of chapter 1, and then we're going to get on into chapter 2 as well. It says, for all flesh, this is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24, for all flesh is as grass. And all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth, falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. Say that with me. The word of the Lord endureth forever. It does. And this is the word which, by the gospel, is preached unto you. Now look at chapter 2, verse 1. Wherefore, now we ran into that uh, word Back in verse 13 of chapter 1. Wherefore, it means on account of this, on account of what I just said, Paul, uh, Peter is saying, because of this, or therefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, all hypocrisies, or hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking, verse 2 says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you. Thank you so much that you are with us, no matter what we face. Lord, I thank you for that passage in, in Hebrews that says, you will never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you for that. God, help us to draw close to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this morning, well, you can go ahead and have a seat. This morning, how do we draw close, how do we draw near to God? We're going to talk about three things, and I'm sure, you've heard me say this before, I'm sure that, uh, that there are many other ways in this passage. But I know this, there are, these three are in there. And so we're going to look at three ways that Peter discloses three things that we need to do. Uh, and so let's look here. First, it's to desire the sincere milk of the word. Desire the sincere milk of the word. Number two, to offer up spiritual sacrifices. We'll see that on down in the passage as well. And then number three, to show forth the praises of him. So let's look at the first one. The first direction from our text this morning that we just read, in drawing nigh to God, in drawing near to God, is to desire the sincere milk of the word. Oh, I pray that you desire that. 
remember now, remember the context. The word stranger, Peter mentions strangers up in verse 1 of chapter 1, the very first verse of this book. And remember, that's a, that's a New Testament metaphor, and what it means is uh, it refers to uh, a person or people that are sojourning here on earth, but their citizenship is in heaven. They, that's where they belong. And so Peter is addressing in this epistle, now when I say the word epistle, I'm, that's a letter. In this letter, he's addressing Christians. And probably many of them were Gentile Christians. But I, I believe there were probably some, there's a good chance there were some Jewish Christians there as well. And so you can see the area. He mentions Cappadocia, Bithynia, and, uh, or Bithynia, and then uh, uh, Asia, Galatia, Pontus, those up in verse 1 as well. It's a reference to Asia Minor. So you see the gospel was spreading in that area. So it wasn't, this was not written to, as we said last week, this is not written to one particular church, but to Christians. Uh, initially to the Christians in that area, but essentially to all Christians. And so probably written somewhere in the, the mid-A.D. 60s, it was written before Peter was martyred, and he was martyred under Nero in the late 60s. I believe it was A.D. 69. As a matter of fact, Peter and Paul both were uh, martyred around the same year, uh, maybe even both in A.D. 69. And so uh, it, was a, it was a vicious time. It was a hostile time for Christians. And so, as we read this letter, though, you get the idea that these Christians were standing out in their culture. They weren't blending with their culture, and that was costly. And so, last week, we looked at the question, how do we draw near to God as well? And we looked at three things. We looked at uh, being sober. Uh, that means a controlled mind. It means a a mind that is guarded, a mind that is, is Christ first in everything. That's the word sober. And then uh, we looked at being holy. How do we draw near to God? Be sober. Be holy. And that is a reference to uh, being pure, Tr striving to be sinless, striving to be like Christ. Are we going to fail at that? Yes. The longer I live with myself, the more I realize I fail just about every day. But we go to God in forgiveness. We strive to be sinless. We strive to, to be like Him. And so the idea there is making the decisions of our lives based on the Word of God. And then the third way, how do we draw near to God? Remember the redemption. Remember, the, 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 it's with the precious blood of Jesus. And you see that in chapter 1. As a matter of fact, he mentions the word uh, precious in uh, verse 19 of chapter 1. You'll see the precious blood of Jesus. And we get down here in chapter 2, you'll see, if you were to read down in there, uh, those, in those first few verses, you'll see the word precious two different times. It's referring to Jesus our redemption is through Jesus Christ. And so that's so important to remember. And so now that brings us to this uh, 
this direction that Peter gives to desire the sincere milk of the word. Let's, let's look at verse, uh, verse 2 again. It says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. And the, the word sincere, it means unadulterated. It means pure. That's, a, that's an adjective for the word of God. It is unadulterated. It is pure. But I want you to see the, the order. The order is, in verse 1, he says, lay aside all the malice. Do you see that? Uh, malice means, hey, I want to hurt somebody. Uh, I, not just talking bad about somebody. It means, I want to hurt somebody. He says, lay aside all the malice and all the guile, that's deception, and hypocrisies and envies, envying others, and all evil speaking. He says, lay that aside. And then, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, the undulterated, the pure, that's, that's a description of, of God's word. It is pure. Desire that. Lay all these other things aside. So do you see the order? You've got to lay this other stuff aside. Lay the junk aside and desire the sincere milk of the word. But the, there's a goal. You see it there? It says that you may grow thereby. That you may grow, that, and the, the idea there is that you, may, that you may become more like Christ. More like Christ. Now you can see the milk, it says desire the sincere, the unadulterated, the pure milk. And that's probably a reference to the simple truths, the very basic truths of the Bible. You know, there are some deep truths and we can't neglect those either. But here's what oftentimes is done. There will be people that will concentrate on the deep truths. And they're not even keeping the basics, the very basic truths. And the idea there is that we are to be obedient to the Word of God, to every single detail. Let me give you an example. There's a passage, and you don't have, we're going to look at numerous passages, or, or we're going to talk about numerous passages. And so, if you're taking notes, then write these passages down, and we won't, we won't turn to each and every one of them, uh, because we're going to talk about numerous of them. But there's a passage over in Luke chapter 5. You can look at this this afternoon. It's Luke chapter 5. And it... And what is happening there is Jesus is in the boat with the writer of 1 Peter. He's in the boat with Simon Peter. This happened years prior to this letter. He's in a boat, and he's just a short distance out, and he's speaking to everyone. And when he gets finished speaking, here's what it says. It says, now when, when he, Jesus, had left speaking, this is Luke chapter 5, verse 4. It says, when, when Jesus, or when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep. Move on out, get, get this boat, take this boat out into the deep, and let down your nets for a drought, or for a large fish, for, or for a, a whole bunch of fish. Let down your nets. Now I want you to look at that, or, or listen to that. That word is plural. 
let down your nets. And Simon, Simon Peter, answering, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night. We have been out here all night and have taken nothing. They had been fishing all night long. And he says this, Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now Jesus said, let down your nets. And Peter said, I'll let down the net. And as the, uh, as the passage tells us, that there was such a large number of fish that the net began to break. As a matter of fact, they had to call the, others, the other boats, come over and help us, because they were sinking. You see, we've got to listen to every word. That's the sincere milk of the word. Every letter. The smallest details. So, you're going through a trying time. Let's just say we're going through a trying time, a trying ordeal, uh, uh, the COVID issues. And some of your favorite things maybe have been canceled or been postponed. Maybe been postponed indefinitely. That affects you, doesn't it? And maybe people get upset. What are you supposed to do? Here it is. Desire the sincere milk of the word. Desire it. That's what Peter gives. You see, these people that Peter is talking to, they were facing hardship. They were facing persecution for, for their testimony of God. They weren't, they, these people weren't blending in with the culture. They were standing out. They were making the decisions of their lives based on the word of God. And it was costing them. And Peter says, look, desire the sincere milk of the word. He tells them, you've got to turn from this other stuff. I know you want to, to do something else. Maybe say something or, or uh, be something else. But look, you've, you've got to turn from all those desires and desire the sincere milk of the word. That's the, that's the direction this morning. God's will for us, for you and for me, is to desire the sincere, sincere milk of the word in order for us to grow. That's what he says in, in verse 2. In order for us to become more like Christ. The whole passage, now you could read the rest of this passage, uh, review it this afternoon, this whole passage is permeated with Christ. So friend, listen. The direction in this passage is not a suggestion. It's, it's, a, it's God's direction for us. This is His will. It's straight from the heart of God. And the implication is, that he wants us to grow. I'm so thankful for that. He wants us to become more like Jesus. Now listen, write this verse down. Matthew 4, 4. Jesus says these words. Matthew 4, 4. Man shall not, you know this verse, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. John 15.3 says this. Jesus says, now 
Ye are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. You're clean through it. Jesus is the Savior, and he is the word. You remember John says the word became flesh. Jesus is the word. As a matter of fact, I want to give you a verse here. Oh, this is a powerful verse. Revelation 19, 13. Revelation 19, 13. Know this verse. When he comes back, it's a picture of him coming back. And it says, his name is called the Word of God. That's who he's called. The Word of God. That's Jesus. So James 4.8 says, draw nigh to God. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. That's a promise. How do we do that? One of the ways is to desire the sincere milk of the Word, to turn from all the other junk, turn from all those temptations to envy after somebody or somebody's things or, or uh, let somebody have it, turn from all that, Peter says, and desire the sincere milk of the Word, that you may grow that you may grow and be like him. and See, when we read this, we're really reading Jesus. That's what's going on. Now, let's look at the second one. The second direction in, in our text this morning for drawing near to God, for drawing nigh to God, is to offer spiritual sacrifices. To offer spiritual sacrifices. Look down at verse 5. It says, you are, Peter's talking to them now, he's talking to Christians. You, you also, or ye also, as lively stones. See, in the previous verse, he calls Jesus a living stone. He is. So he says, ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. Have you ever thought of yourself? As a, as a priest, now Jesus is the high priest. But he says, you're a, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. One of the things the priests in the Old Testament did was offer up sacrifices. And he says to Christians, you are a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Spiritual sacrifices. What does that mean? I want to know that. If I'm supposed to do it, what does it mean? Well, we're going to look at a few examples. And let me, let me challenge you to even study this further because there, I'm only going to list three examples. And there, as I was going through this, there are a multitude of spiritual sacrifices. Psalm 51.17, write this verse down. Psalm 51.17, you don't have to turn there, I'll, I'll read it to you. Psalm 51.17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. 
The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Broken in that passage means to break or to crush. And I'm so glad that he put the word contrite in here because it emphasizes it even further. Contrite means to crush down, to crush to pieces. So we're talking about a heart that has been crushed, a heart that's been broken. And here's the meaning. It's a heart that was pursuing something else. It's a heart that was pursuing the wrong way, and it was crushed and broken. And here's the word, humbled. A humble heart. A heart that says, Lord, I'm choosing you. I'm choosing your way, Lord. I'm going your direction. I don't want that other stuff anymore. I want to go your way. The sacrifice of God, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Listen to this one. Psalm 116, verse 17. Be sure and write that down. Psalm 116, verse 17. It says, the psalmist says, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. You ever thought of it like that? I will offer to thee, Lord, the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and will call upon the name of the Lord. Let me challenge you this afternoon. I'm challenging me too. I want to be in on this. Sit down this afternoon and thank him for everything you can think of. Thank him for everything that he's doing in your life. Sit down and, and write that down. Everything you can think of from every child that you have or every friend that you have. Every situation, thank him for everything. Remember, Nothing can come into your life without passing him. So you may be going through some difficulties right now. Thank him for that. Thank him for it. See, he has, he has purpose. Nothing can come into your life without passing him. That means there's purpose. He is in control. And thanksgiving, when you think about it, it's really an acknowledgement of your dependency, of my dependency upon God. That's thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, I believe Kayla read this verse last week. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Boy, that hits me right between the eyes. So if you're a teacher, you know, it's easy to thank God for those students that they, they just do everything right. They turn their work in on time. They, and then you have these students that are kind of like me. See, as a teacher, if you're a teacher and you have some of those students in your classroom, thank God for them. Thank God for the mom and dad that you have, or that you had. Thank God for the friends. For the, those fellow employees, or uh, those situations that you're facing right now. Maybe there's a storm in your life right now. God, thank you for this. Help me to turn to you. 
and keep my eyes on you through it. The sacrifice of thanksgiving. That's what Psalm 116.17 says. Now look at Romans, or, or I'll, uh, you don't have to turn there, I'll read it to you. Romans 12.1. You know this one. It says, this is Romans 12.1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, what is it? A living what? Sacrifice, that's right. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. That means willing and committed to honor Him with my mind, with my body, with my heart, with everything, every aspect of our lives to honor Him. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Are you presenting your body as a living sacrifice today? Are you? Every aspect of it. See, that is a sacrifice. The Bible says in, in uh, Romans 12.1, it says, it is acceptable to God. See, the lure of this world and the temptation of sin will try to pull you off, try to pull me off of where I need to be or where you need to be. And where we need to be is drawing near to God. The implication is that that's where we need to be. That's, the implication is that God wants us to draw near to Him. So how do we draw near to God? How do we draw nigh to God? First, from this morning's text, we desire the sincere milk of the Word. We turn from all that junk and desire the sincere milk of the Word that we can grow to be more like Jesus. Secondly, we offer spiritual sacrifices to Him. Because we're, we're a, a priesthood. You've heard of the priesthood of believers. That's what that means. Priests offer sacrifices. That's what we do. That's what we do. We offer sacrifices. Let's look at the next one, third direction from this morning's text for drawing near to God. Remember, last week we were looking at the, uh, this same thing. So you could get on uh, Facebook or whatever and look at last week's uh, message and look at those things uh, where we talked about sober and, and uh, holiness and remembering the, uh, His redemption, remembering uh, our precious redemption. You can look at those things. And this morning, we're talking about desiring the sincere milk of the Word and the spiritual sacrifices. And here we are, showing forth praises of Him. That's the third way this morning. To show forth praises of Him. Now let's look at verse 9. It says in verse 9, But ye are a chosen generation... Now here it is again, a royal priesthood. You're a royal priesthood. A holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. He's called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Now you see the phrase there, 
ye should show forth. You see that phrase? You should show forth. It means this, to declare abroad. That means declare it everywhere. Show those praises everywhere. Not just when it's easy. Now these people were declaring the praises in the culture that was hostile to Christians. Well, we have an environment today that is hostile to Christians. That's the, that's the bottom line. Here's what it means. You should show forth. It means to declare abroad. That means everywhere. To make known by praising or proclaiming. It means to celebrate. And here is the praise. Here it is. This is the praise that we have. And you can see it at the end of that verse. He has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That's the praise that we have. 1 John, I want to give you some powerful verses here. 1 John 1.5 says these words. 1 John 1.5. It says, This then is the message which we have heard of him. And we declare it unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. That's 1 John 1.5. John cuts it straight. He's like Peter. Peter cuts it straight. 1 John 1.6 says these words. 1 John 1.6, if we say that we have fellowship with him, we say we have a close relationship with him, we're talking to God, he's responding. He says if we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. That's straight from the Bible. Now, 1 John 2. Now, this one will step on, on people's toes. Is there somebody that, that you're having a hard time with? Is there somebody that, that is rubbing you the wrong way? Listen to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 9. Listen. It says this, He that saith he is in the light, and he hateth his brother, is in darkness even unto now. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. 1 John 2.11, just a couple of verses later, says these words, But he that hateth his brother, he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not where he goeth, because that darkness has blinded his eyes. Oh, we got to go to the light. we got to go to the light. Proverbs 4.19. This is a powerful verse. Proverbs 4.19 says this, The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Let me read it again. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Now, 1 Peter, in this passage that we're looking at, 1 Peter chapter 2, at verse 8, we just read verse 9 here just a few minutes ago. Verse 8 puts it all together. It says they stumble, they stumble at the Word of God. 
You could read that for yourself right there in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 8. See, they stumble at the Word of God because they're disobedient to the Word of God. So when we stumble at the Word of God, when we're disobedient to it, we're stumbling at it. Now look, showing forth the praises of Him is tightly connected to the Bible truth that God has called us out of darkness. Did you hear that? Showing forth the praises in this verse, in verse 9, showing forth the praises of God is, is closely connected to the fact that He has called us out of darkness. Yeah, I mean, those two, those two truths go hand in hand. See, the implication is that it is God's will for you, to, for you and I to leave the darkness and not play around with it. You know, too many times in my life I've played around with the darkness. But God's will is, the implication of these verses is He wants us to leave that darkness. He wants us to go to the light, to run to the light. Now the enemy wants to keep us in the darkness. He wants to keep you in darkness. Maybe there's somebody that's listening right now and, and you know you're in darkness. And the enemy wants to keep you there. You've got to go to the light. And that light is Jesus Christ. Remember, the principle of first reference. We keep referring back to James. Now when you're studying the New Testament especially, since James, the half-brother of Jesus, he wrote the oldest book of the New Testament. And the Bible builds upon itself. And so it is so important to go back and see what James says. Now here's what James 1.7 says. This is a powerful verse. This is your direction for, for leaving the darkness, for fleeing the darkness. It says this in James 1.7. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's the direction from Scripture. From the oldest book. The point of first reference, oldest book of the New Testament, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's a promise right out of the Word of God. And God is able to keep his promises. So we're talking about this morning drawing near to God. Leaving the junk and desiring the sincere milk of the Word that we, that we will grow and become like, more like Jesus each and every day. And then offering spiritual sacrifices. That's what we do as a priest. He calls us priests. Now he's the high priest. But we offer spiritual sacrifices of humbleness, uh, of thanksgiving, of uh, offering our bodies as living sacrifices in every area, submitting and honoring him. And then last week, of course, we talked about... Uh, we talked about our minds being controlled and sober, being uh, 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 Christ first in everything, and being holy, following Him, making the decisions of our lives based on His Word, because He is the Word, and then remembering our redemption. Friend, Jesus Himself is pursuing you. He's pursuing you. And he pursued Paul 
You remember Paul? He pursued Paul and called him out of darkness, just like he's calling you and I out of darkness. And I wanted to mention Paul this morning as I was preparing for this message. It just kept coming to me. Uh, Mention Paul. Because Paul is a tremendous example of someone that before he was saved, he was chasing malice. He wanted to hurt somebody. He wanted to destroy the church. And then Jesus Christ got a hold of his life. And he offered spiritual sacrifices in every way you can imagine. He's the one that, that God used to write those words from Romans, offer your, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. He stood out from the culture. Oh, it was a hard culture in those, day, in those days. And uh, he knew that people didn't need more of the culture. They don't need more of it today. He knew they needed Jesus. And that's exactly the answer for today. That's exactly the answer to every problem we face. It's Jesus Christ. Paul was a powerful witness for Jesus. And on one occasion, he was witnessing to one of the kings one of the Roman kings, a fellow by the name of King Agrippa. And Paul poured his heart out to Agrippa and told him all about Jesus. He started from, uh, from the get-go and told him all about Jesus. And Agrippa listened. And you could read about this in Acts chapter 26. And after Paul got finished telling King Agrippa all about Jesus, and there were others there that were listening, I think Felix was there. They were listening to this. Paul witnessed to a whole bunch of people in high places. And at the very end, he said to Agrippa, King Agrippa, do you believe? Do you believe? And King Agrippa said these words. And I I tell you, these words, let these words ring to you. King Agrippa said these words to Paul. He said, Paul, you are almost persuaded me to be a Christian. Almost you persuaded me. I think there's a song written about that. Almost persuaded. This morning, I want to ask you, if you're at home, do you believe? Do you believe? That means do you believe that Jesus is the Messiah and He is calling you out of darkness? The enemy of the cross is real. This is serious business. And the enemy's going to try to keep you in darkness. He's going, to try to, he's going to try to take you deeper and deeper and deeper in darkness. And you get comfortable with it and you don't want to leave it. He's going to try to keep you from offering spiritual sacrifices. Make you feel silly. He's going to try to dull your desire for the sincere milk of the word. But you've got to resist him. See, that's the direction from Scripture. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that's what you've got to do this morning. God is calling you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. His desire is for you and for me to draw near to him. Would you join me in prayer here? 
Lord, thank you so much.